Who doesn't love the idea of having a fairy godmother? With a fairy godmother, poof, you no longer have to wear pre-owned fast fashion. Instead, you can look glamorous and fabulous in eco-friendly designer garb. Poof, your sad studio apartment is now a lush, tropical estate. Poof, you no longer need to scrub the floors of assholes and now only consort with people who love and respect you. A fairy godmother can make your deepest wishes for transformation come true, instantaneously, with no payback necessary. The sad news is that there's no such thing as an actual fairy godmother out there. She's just a magical figment of our imaginations, which is why we've got to become our own fairy godmothers, And I actually think in the grand scheme, this is a lot more fun. And today, I'm going to share with you how. This is the Lady Quest podcast, and I am Ariel Kylie. And this podcast is for you, intuitive, self-aware women who know you have a big life purpose here on Earth. Does that sound like you? Something that feels deeply meaningful to you that you want to do, create, experience, or pursue in this life. So today I'm going to give you three keys for how to become your own fairy godmother. And the first one is about your mindset. Your fairy godmother is a hundred percent on your side. She wants the best for you no matter what. She sees your highest potential and she believes you deserve to have it right here, right now. No need to prove yourself. No need to even earn it. Just poof, it's yours. When you think about the things you want right now, what would it be like to believe you deserve them immediately? Today, to have no doubt at all about that. I want to tell you a story from my own life of being my own fairy godmother and transforming myself physically in about 20 minutes. So this is the story of the day Matt and I got engaged. That was a Saturday in April of 2022. And on that Saturday, I was on the west side in Santa Monica at my friend Megan's house, her bungalow, and we were watching Selling Sunset, the trashy real estate show together. She had invited me over that day and I was like in full schlep mode. I was wearing some kind of like soggy, schleppy snake print pants and some old t-shirt. I remember, I don't even think I put on deodorant, definitely not makeup. We were just flopped out on our sofa all afternoon. And Matt, my boyfriend at the time, had said to me, shoot me a text before you leave Megan's today. So it was maybe 5 p.m., And I go to get in my car and I send Matt a text and say, I'm on my way home now. And he sends me a text back that says, change of plans, meet me here. And it's just a photograph of his feet on a bed with a window beyond. And from this photograph, I immediately knew it was my favorite hotel in Los Angeles, the Sunset Tower on Sunset Strip. 
This is a beautiful old hotel. It's Art Deco. It's called like the Grand Dam of hotels. It was where some early Academy Awards parties were, I believe. It's just so glamorous and old school. Matt, of course, knows it's my favorite hotel. And I saw that photo and I was like, shit, girl. Motherfucker is going to propose to me. Because we had, we had talked, we had shopped for a ring. Like, I knew it was in the air. Like, this had got to be the moment. So here I am in my car, in my schleppy outfit, no makeup on, knowing he's at the hotel. Now, this isn't the kind of hotel that rents the room by the hour also. So I figured if he's at the hotel and he's going to propose to me, we're also going to spend the night there. And I cannot spend the night looking like this in the Sunset Tower. Furthermore, I believe there's extra importance during these rites of passage, such as getting engaged and how I show up for that, I believe impacts how we go into that next phase of our relationship. And I didn't want to show up schleppy for that moment. I wanted to show up in mint condition, in top form, looking amazing. I wanted to look like a fucking prize, not because I'm an object as a woman and a prize for a man, but I wanted to look like when I showed up like a present he couldn't wait to open. So what was I going to do about it? He was there. Meet me here, he said. I'm like, I'm in Santa Monica. He's on Sunset Strip. What is between Santa Monica and Sunset Strip where I could get a dress? obviously Rodeo Drive. Now, there were other things between me and Matt at that moment, such as the Westfield Mall that has stores like Zara and stuff. But again, what am I going to go get a dress from Zara to get engaged in when Beverly Hills is just a few short blocks away? (laughs) So I drive straight to Rodeo Drive. I pull into this valet parking and and I was thinking and I was like texting with my sister. I'm thinking, where's the place? Where's the place? And and one reason I chose Rodeo Drive is the Ralph Lauren store is there. And Matt loves the Ralph Lauren store there. And also, I just had a feeling in moments like that, you must trust your instincts. I'm like, I have a feeling there could be the dress at the Ralph Lauren store. Because just because I'm going to Rodeo Drive, it doesn't mean I'm going to find the perfect dress, you know? Like those designer stores have a lot of weird fashion in them. So I'm like, I think it could be at the Ralph Lauren store. So I park. I don't even have time to go to the crosswalk. I run across the street, like jump over the rose bushes in the median, go straight into Ralph Lauren. And I'm like, first sales lady I see in the woman's section, I'm like, I think my boyfriend might be about to propose to me and I need a dress right now. And she is on the mission. And we're going through the racks and I'm trying on like a, it was like, I tried on a really cute jumper that was $2,600, but I have a long torso. So it was just like, it was giving me like a back wedgie and a front wedgie at the same time, which is not the look I want to enter my engagement in. So that was out. And she was pulling other dresses and she was up in the storage room trying to find something. And I was like, shit, was my intuition wrong? Is the dress not here on Rodeo Drive at the Ralph Lauren store? 
Usually my intuition is not wrong. So I wander out of the dressing room toward the middle of the store and there's kind of a cluster of other salespeople there. And then there's a mannequin and the mannequin is wearing this beautiful blue floral party dress, like spaghetti straps, kind of a rouged top and this really sweet puffed bottom silk. I'm like, that is a dress to get engaged in. So the only one was on the mannequin. We check the size. It theoretically might fit me. So they take it off the mannequin. I put it on and I'm like, it's perfection. It is perfection. It looks like it was made for me to get engaged in. So I'm just like, yes, I did not look at the price tag, (laughs) but I had an idea. I went up to the cash register and with tax, it was about $3,000. I didn't even take it off. I didn't even take it off. I was just like, yes, here's my credit card. Let's go. Now, I also needed shoes, but they really didn't have very many good shoe options there. They were kind of like mousy little pumps, you know. I needed something much sexier and more special than that. So I walk out of Ralph Lauren in my kind of schleppy espadrilles in this gorgeous dress, go back across the median, careful not to snag the silk skirt on the thorns from the rose bushes, go straight into Stuart Weitzman, which is a high-end shoe store, tell them the situation. I think my boyfriend is about to propose to me. I just bought this dress. I need shoes. And these two young sales ladies were so cute. They were like all about it. They wanted to be a part of the Cinderella story. And I picked out the most adorable pink strappy heels. And I love like a magenta-ish pink. So I put on these shoes, proceed to pay $500 for them. So now (laughs) I've gone from my schlubby reality TV outfit into a $3,500 outfit in the course of literally 20 minutes. I walk out on the street, toss my hair, and suddenly everyone's looking at me. Like it was a a full cliche pretty woman moment. Heads are turning, tourists are checking me out. I'm like, wow, this, this this is like Cinderella, what just happened. I just made the transformation. And it was so fun. I go down to get my car. I get in, I find some deodorant that's almost empty that's in the console, put as much of that on as I possibly can, like rummage around, I had some mascara I could put on, did what I could with my face, you know, tossed my hair around a little bit, and drove to the Sunset Tower, gave my car to the valet, went up to suite 1108, which is where Matt was, and knock on the door and he opens the door and he looks like shocked. Like he's wearing a sweatshirt. And I was like, hi, (laughs) I look like I'm going to a Hollywood cocktail party. It's like, hi, fancy meeting you here. And I came in and because he was so low key, I was kind of like, shit, did I just drop $3,500 and we're not getting engaged right now? 
But we hung out a little bit and we're like laying on the bed. And then he sauntered over to the closet and got the ring box and came around and proposed to me. So it all worked out. And it was so perfect that I'd gotten this outfit because he had actually, before he left the house, thought he had brought clothes for me that I could change into, but he had forgotten the nicer things he got in the dryer because he had put them in the dryer to kind of fluff them and he had forgotten them. So he'd brought in pajamas and like some other comfy things, but he there weren't clothes for me to look nice at dinner in. So I had this fabulous outfit for us to have dinner in and have a nightcap at the bar and just like for taking our photos and everything in that moment. And it was just perfect. The best $3,500 I've ever impulsively spent. And I tell you this story, not because I'm saying that you should follow all your impulses to make big purchases that could maybe like compromise your ability to pay rent. But I am saying that a choice, no holds barred yes, when the moment calls can prove that you are in fact your own fairy godmother. You can transform yourself in an instant. To prove this to yourself on a budget, you could even pull over and jump into a vintage clothing store and give yourself like a hundred dollars to completely transform your look and see how much you can reinvent yourself in 20 minutes in that store. Another way to instantaneously change or upgrade your life might be to just quit your job tomorrow, today. Just be like, it's not worth it. Quit. See what happens. Or leave a really dysfunctional relationship. Just just like, go. Or crash someone else's wedding and dance with everyone. There are, just, there are these opportunities to suddenly create a new reality for ourselves. Every once in a while, I like to just wake up in the morning and be like, I'm going to take a road trip somewhere today. Where do I want to go? Pick a place on the map and just go. And suddenly I'm there and my world is transformed. So there are lots of different ways you can think about how you can give yourself an instantaneous transformation in small and large ways. So point number one was that your fairy godmother believes you deserve it right now. Instantaneous upgrade. And you can believe that too. Next, your fairy godmother sees your highest potential. Even if you're presently wearing rags and scrubbing floors, she knows that tonight you could be the belle of the ball. She sees what's possible inside you. What would it be like for you to see yourself according to your highest potential, even if you aren't there yet? To not worry about the role you're in here and now at this moment, to identify more with who you are on the inside, that higher self. I want to share another little story about this idea, and it's from the inventor of Spanx undergarments, Sarah Blakely. Sarah Blakely is the founder of a billion-dollar company in Spanx. She's also a really cool lady. And the story of her beginning Spanx was she was living in Florida, doing some stand-up comedy and selling fax machines door-to-door. So she wasn't doing great. She wasn't making a ton of money, but she really wanted 
to have a million dollar idea. She knew she had a successful entrepreneur inside her and she was just asking and praying for her million dollar idea so she could make her outer world match this inner reality of who she believed she was and what she believed she had potential for. So one day she's going to a party and she wants to wear white pants, fitted white pants, but she puts on undies and there is an unsightly underwear line. Instead, she takes a pair of pantyhose, cuts the feet off, and wears those under her white pants to the party and realizes how amazing of a solution it is. It totally works. Her pants look amazing. So this was the origin of the idea for Spanx. Now, after that, she went about the process of creating the brand, finding factories that can make Spanx, designing them, all that, and gets to the point where she has samples and now needs to sell them to stores that will sell those samples. Now, the typical route when you want to place an item in a store like Bloomingdale's or Macy's or Neiman Marcus is they have these big, huge sales conventions where you get a booth and you try and entice buyers from those companies to your booth and pitch them on your product. But in that scenario, you're one in the sea of many. And it could be much harder to distinguish yourself. And many people take several years to build the trust of those buyers and actually become memorable to them. Sarah Blakely was already a millionaire entrepreneur. She wasn't going to waste her time doing that. Instead, she directly called the buyer at Neiman Marcus. It wasn't that hard to find this woman's information and ask for an appointment. The woman said, okay, gave her the appointment just like that. She comes in, she brings her Spanx, she wears her white pants. She tells her about the product and she says, now look at this. Shows her wearing the pants with a panty line, goes, changes into Spanx, shows her the difference. The woman's like, right on. Buys some of them for them to be placed in Neiman Marcus stores. Sarah Blakely believed she already was that higher version of herself. And so she could cut out all this extra work. She didn't have to wait in that long line to get there. So Sarah Blakely is an amazing example of living as though you are that higher, more extraordinary, more successful, more realized version of yourself before the evidence is around you yet. What would it be like for you to do that? To relate to yourself as though you're already there, even if you aren't there yet. Isn't that an exciting proposition? Now, the third thing I want to bring up here about how to be your own fairy godmother is that she's kind. She treats you with real compassion and care. If you needed, you could bury your face in your fairy godmother's ample bosom and just weep for a couple hours. She would be there for you for that. And she's also really relaxed. We were discussing this yesterday in the Lady Quest group guidance call because I led a little exercise for the members about being your own fairy godmother because I wanted to test it out. And one of the members noted that 
a fairy godmother is just very playful, relaxed, not worried. And then we realized that a fairy godmother could be this way because if anyone was threatening her, she could just like turn them into a pumpkin or a mouse or something. She's got this fabulous defense, so she can be playful and relaxed. She doesn't feel threatened by the world. So there's also this attitude that we can take on if we want to be our own fairy godmothers. So I want to turn this back to you. And my invitation this week, of course, is to practice being your own fairy godmother. And so consider this, what would it be like for you to be 100% on your own side? To see yourself according to your own highest potential, even if you haven't filled it yet. To believe that everything could change in an instant and that you have the power to transform very quickly if you want to. To be kind and compassionate with yourself. To be playful with life. To trust that you can take care of yourself if someone is threatening toward you. And really to proceed without hesitation in making your wishes come true. This Saturday, I'm hosting an immersive workshop that may as well be called Becoming Your Own Fairy Godmother, because in it, you will be lovingly acknowledging what you really want and making a plan to bring that wish list to life. And I will be encouraging you to transform right now into who you really want to be, even if the evidence isn't around you yet to support that that's real. Out here in the quote-unquote real world, outside fairy tales, it does take a little longer for our manifest reality to catch up with the energetic realm. But when your spirit and your intentions are in the right place, the physical world does eventually follow. And you're going to be making that commitment to yourself, your list, your life, and choosing a mindset that'll help you keep the faith while the Manifest Worlds catches up this Saturday in the workshop. So to join it, and I hope you do, sign up through the link in the episode description. And in the meantime, sharpen your wands, ladies. We got work to do. I can't wait to see you this Saturday. And thank you so much for listening today. If you like this podcast, you will love the LadyQuest program. Join my newsletter through the link in the episode description if you want to learn more about LadyQuest, my one-on-one coaching work, and get invited to transformational workshops I teach on a regular basis online. Also, if you want to make my day, you could leave a five-star review for this podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of my world, and I look forward to being with you again very soon.